Hello there, Shwilk Lords. I'm just here to tell you my new song, Dry Spell, is out now wherever you're streaming music. Go check that out at the end of this episode. You can listen to the song in its entirety, so stay tuned for that and don't touch the dial. When you want it the most, there's no easy way out. When you're ready to go and your heart's left in doubt, don't give up on your faith, but come to those who believe it. And that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Hello. What is going on, my fellow Schwoke Lords? What is up? Welcome to yet another episode of Cancer Sweezy, better known as the Lord's Trademark Favor Podcast. What's going on, everyone? How's it going? I have, like, a lot of cool ideas, but, like, none of them. I feel like I can tell you guys yet, you know, about them. But if probably if you find me in person, you can, I'll just tell you everything, you know. You know, life's what you make it, so let's make it rock. I was Hannah Montana, and we continue saying that. I'm still in my, uh, what was it, my ransom note room dungeon thing. I think the space gets cleaned up the 30th. It's a Friday. So then after that, I get to basically rebuild the studio, and uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, Unfortunately, I did hear some news, I think it was yesterday, the day I'm recording this, but uh, I have two little cousins. Um, I'm not going to give you their names, that's weird. You might find them on my Instagram, but I don't post weird shit about them. Uh, That is, I do feel weird though, sometimes I'll post pictures with them, and it's like, I know my cousin doesn't care, but also, or my cousins, I don't know. When your cousin marries a guy, are they your cousin? I know they're like family and you're going to see them around, you know? But do you consider them your cousin too, or your? Because if I say cousin-in-law, it sounds fucking dumb. Like you know, like cousin-in-law is cousin-in-law. It's the right word, right? Cousin-in-law. Never thought I would have a cousin. I mean, I guess I knew. I'm mean, like, guys, I was a kid and I had cousin. We had cousins my age. I'm like, I guess they get married. So, because I have a cousin-in-law, you know, I have one cousin. She's getting married, and uh, next next year in Arkansas. So. I'm, like, lucky, like, wherever, where I guess she's getting married at, like, I have a good friend who's not a famous person. I don't know why you would think they were famous. They're just a friend who doesn't put their life on, on the internet. Uh, they live, like, 30 minutes from there. They live, like, still Missouri, but it's, like, uh, basically Arkansas, Missouri. Uh, you know, they're just so close. I lived in, base. I lived in, uh, basically Missouri, Kansas, like, growing up, so it's, like, yeah, you live in Kansas. There, it's it is weird. Like this area I'm from, especially I dated a girl. She uh, basically she lived. I don't know how to describe. You know, there's like it's not really a town, but it's a community. You know, that makes sense. You know, she lived in one of those, and then they had to drive across Missouri River, and basically they, you know, anytime they go, and like people like lived in Missouri, but then they worked in Kansas. You know, this, this is the. This is a this is a the things we tried in my small town uh, and stuff like that. So I always I always get weird. It's always weird about those, you know, because you have like taxes and shit like that. Because it's like you realize like you have a business and you're like, oh, but we're a, you know. And I lived in Tennessee. The thing about Tennessee is Tennessee does not have a 
state income tax. And so I think Texas and Tennessee are like the only two states that have it. I could be wrong. And I'm not going to Google it. So, uh, you're, you, you know, remember when we just took people's words for it? You know, this is what this podcast is all about. Just taking my word uh, for the shit I say. Um, anyways, though, I was talking about like my little cousins. Yeah, so they're like four and six. Uh, they're not Irish twins. They were... I guess I guess this is a common thing. I thought this was just because I'm stupid, but apparently sometimes in wherever area you're from, it's normal to go to preschool for two years, and that's how my mom lives. She's like, it's normal to go to preschool for two years, but I guess the little one, uh, she was in preschool, and then her brother was in kindergarten, but I didn't know it was her first year of preschool, and I guess when he was in preschool, it was COVID, so I, I don't know. I don't know. When you're in like a small enough town, you're like, hey, we all don't dick around like, COVID won't be a problem, so that's why, like, COVID just seemed to, like, go away in small towns so quick, you know? Uh, anyways, though, four and six, like I said, uh, they saw a video of Luke Combs performing. Now, Luke Combs, he's a musician. I think he, he's a great, I think in regards to all the, all the country guys today, I'm like, he's, he's one of the, he's just pretty, like, he's kind of in the neutral area, you know? Uh, and I don't think he's bad. I think he's good. I think he has some good songs. But uh, I do love Beard Never Broke My Heart. That's a fucking phenomenal song. Uh, but uh, they saw him play, and those kids thought that, that was it was me performing. Now, now, you know, there's a lot of things I need to say. One, I think this is very important for me to know that uh, this is a wake-up call for me <laughs> because, you know, like... You know, because, you know, I don't want to body shame Luke Combs, but, like, do you know how bad, I always think about, like, I don't know why, I always think about Luke Combs' underwear after, you know, after a show. Like, what does his underwear smell like after he's done performing? Because he's performing, he's got to be at least performing two hours. And as another chubby guy, I can tell you that, uh... You, you just start sweating. Like, you, you get past, a, like, on your BMI, like, you get past a certain point, and you're just like, I'm just going to sweat all the time, you know? And and it's, uh, and actually, you know, when you're like, why do people sweat so much when they perform music? I'm like, that's apparently a normal thing. I learned in the eighth grade from a teacher who I look back now, who wasn't a bad teacher, but would say questionable things, you know? Remember when we had teachers who said questionable things, you know? Let's keep that tradition alive. Uh, but anyways, though, uh, being, com- being, uh, Luke Combs being a new doppelganger on my list, you know, Seth Rogen's one, but I don't think, I don't see Seth Rogen as much. Jonah Hill, I do see that a little bit. Um, and then I get the most random ass than doppelgangers, uh, was it the weirdest one was like, you look like the mayor from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but I don't get that. But uh, Luke Holmes is a new one for me, and uh, I got to say, you know, if we're going to get this comparison, I got to say, Luke Holmes, super handsome. Like, he's just a good-looking guy, you know? He's just great-looking. So that's my thoughts on Luke Holmes. He's great-looking. But also, what does his underwear smell like after a show? We're all, I think that's actually, we're more interested in what his, like, uh, underwear smells like after a show, you know? Uh, I also been thinking about therapy. I mean, I've been doing therapy, and I know you're thinking, like, Hey, you're doing a podcast. Why do you need to go to therapy? And I'm like, I know it's true. I'm just kind of doubling up uh, for the most part. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, I tell my therapist, you know, you talk about, you have to talk about your life 
therapy. That's that's why I hate doing it so much. I I don't hate I hate doing therapy, but I don't hate the results of therapy. I hope that makes sense. It's like, oh, do you like therapy? I'm like, no. But does it make my life better? Yes. And so I continue to do it. You know, sometimes you have to do shit you don't like to do to make yourself better, you know, to be better at something, you know. So I, I do that. But I'm, I'm kind of starting to think my therapist doesn't think. That'd be really funny if she listens to this. Uh, I'm starting to think that she doesn't think that I'm that good of a musician. And I don't claim to be any sort of, like, prodigy or anything like that. But I do know, I do have enough. I do know enough about myself where I can say, like, hey, would you like me to entertain someone on with music for a couple hours? Or, like, hey, would you like me to be a part of your band and, like, get your money's worth? You know, I feel like I'm good enough at least for that, you know? Some of you may think, like, oh, you're so much better than that. And some of you are like, you suck dick, and I'm not going to listen to either of you. So, you know, so think about that. I think I'm at least that good at music, I want to say, because I do get paid to play music, you know. I've been paid for recording sessions. I've been paid for it, and, you know. So, like, though the idea of a professional is someone who gets paid for what they do, and I have been getting paid for what I do. But I don't know if my therapist knows that. So now I have to think about how do I get my therapist to think that I am ungodly good at at music, you know, like, how do I, or go, like, I'm a god at music, you know, and at this point, you know, you know, you realize who are you trying to impress in this world, like, why do you do things, you know, and for a lot of guys, it's like, I need to get laid, you know, you know, like, guys do most things to get laid, and I'm not trying to, you know, but, uh, why would I try to impress my therapist, I don't know, because, in you know, I guess I've been living, you know, in Nashville for so long, you know, you just assume, like, if you tell someone you're a musician, it's a normal thing, but then you leave Nashville and tell someone else, you know, or whatever, and I do online therapy, FYI, and so, you know, you go out of there and tell someone, like, oh, I'm a musician, you're like, oh, okay, you know, like, they, like, hesitate a little bit and shit like that, and you're like, I don't want that to be me, you know, like, you know, you want to tell people, for me, I want to tell people that I play music and I'm a musician, and even like as a, even a songwriter too, I want to tell people that and I want them to take, I just want them to take me seriously, you know, like I don't, I don't expect them to think I'm the, I'm the goat or anything. I'm not trying to be a goat, you know, bah, that's a sheep, a goat. How, what do goats say? <laughs> no, it's a horse. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, though, someone help me out. How do I impress my therapist? <laughs> How do, I, how do I do that? Please let me know. Thank you. Um, uh, maybe I should just tell her that my new song, Dry Spell, I think it's over a month old now. And, uh, yeah, it's out now wherever you stream music. That's Spotify. Uh, you know where you stream music at. Uh, so make sure you go check that out. That's a new song. I'm planning getting releases, you know, just kind of rough areas releases. And, you know, I'm doing a lot more with my music. And so kind of having some time off, and the thing is, you, you kind of have to, if you want to write your own music, you know, some of us write our own music, uh, you know, fucking Jason Aldean, some of us write our own music, and uh, to write music, you kind of have to live a little bit, you know, uh, you know, you have to you have to live a little bit, draw that in a small town, so yeah, definitely go check that out, uh, music out wherever you stream music under Shweezy, uh, social media at the Shweezy, that's everywhere. Uh, I can post on threads again. I need to post on threads again. I don't know. 
I just need to, you know, just think about how God loves us or so. I don't know. Uh, anyways, go check me out there. Make sure you follow me over there. Patreon, uh, we do still have that up, so you can help that out. But it's mainly just a tip jar. Uh, other ways you can tip that, you know, maybe a little bit easier for you, Cash App. And we also have uh, a PayPal, you know, it's in the link tree link in the description of, uh, of the episode. So make sure you're checking that out as well. Um, and uh, stuff like that. Uh, but make sure you do all the free shit. Make sure you're liking... You're going to YouTube, especially if you're an audio listener, but if you're audio on YouTube, hi, I'm waving to you, but I'm saying I'm waving for the people listening to the audio, and uh, that way you get to see me, you get to see the funny little background or the location we are for the week. Uh, I post highlights of uh, the show as well, and uh, yeah, so you can just go check that out, share it with your friends. If you're on the audio platforms, obviously... Give us a review. Make sure you write out a review, even if it's just nonsense. Just having the review there is just very helpful and a great way to support the show. You can you can give me one star. I do not give a shit. Uh, I take I take criticism badly, like everyone else, but I keep it to myself. So uh, <laughs> so definitely check that out as well. But yeah, no, definitely definitely do that. Just you know, be kind. You know, it's just kind of like be kind, rewind. You know. Do you like receiving a VHS tape that is, you know, not rewound, so you have to sit down, rewind it, and maybe your VCR is a slow rewind feature, you know? You know? When you could just, you know, you finish your movie, you just press the rewind, go off, take a shit, come back, the movie's rewound, you know? Do that. Be kind, rewind, okay? Be kind, rewind, and honestly, I think that's going to be the name of this episode, Be Kind, Rewind. So, as long as we remember uh, Be Kind, Rewind, uh, I think we'll be good. And, uh, yeah. So, anyways, though, let's jump into previous week right now. Uh, what is previous week right now? You may be asking, well, I'm just going over last week's news right now. And like I said, <coughs> we got a lot of it. Um I, I'm going to be honest with you for this week on the news. I record these on Sunday, Sunday evenings. And, you know, you know, every week is different. But today, I've been getting bombarded with news stories. Like, new, you know, and then I'll, like... So what I'll do is, like, I'll save an article for the week. I have to do it, like, the day of now. Like, I have to prepare the news articles the day of I record. And, uh, yeah, today we had, like, updates day of. So... Uh, I'm recording this, what day is it? The Sunday, September 17th, so if something else updated, I'm sorry. Uh, I was. It's previous week right now, so remember that. But this one, The Advocate, this one, this one I just heard about today. Lauren, Lauren Bobers uh, caught fondling Date's genitals during family-friendly musical. Newly released security camera footage appears to show Republican Lauren Boebert, the far-right Republican congresswoman, known for her strong stance against drag queens and transgender people, claiming their mere existence sexualizes spaces, engaging in inappropriate behavior during a family-friendly musical at a packed theater. Boebert and her companion were asked to leave the show due to their disruptive actions during a performance of the musical Beetlejuice. <laughs> In the video, Barbert's companion, identified by multiple news sources as a 46-year-old Quinn Gallagher, Gal Gallagher, 
I need to learn how to fucking read. A Democrat who owns a bar at which drag shows have occurred. What? Is seen touching Bobert's chest during the show. Bobert, in response, appears to place her hand near his crotch and whispered something to him. Uh, media mediate reports the suggested age for Beetlejuice is 10 and over this footage of the public mutual groping went viral on social media leading to widespread outrage uh, the incident spawned various social media posts including many with the phrase not a drag queen along with the video Bober involved in handsy behavior independent journalist and trans activist Aaron Reed who is engaged to Montana representative uh, Zoe Zephyr called out the right-wing hypocrisy demonstrated by Bobert's actions. Bobert and her companion were confronted by theater officials at their seat inside the Buell Theater, as previously shown in video footage obtained by Denver NBC affiliate KUSA. After a brief conversation, they were escorted out of the theater. The security camera footage also captured Bobert talking, taking flash photographs, dancing, and using a vape pen inside the theater. Subsequently, she left the venue after her theater staff threatened to call police. Initially, Bobert jokingly attributed the incident to laughing and singing too loudly and denied vaping, suggesting that the smoke came from the theater's fog machine. However, a separate video contradicted this claim, claim showing Bobert using her vape pen and blowing smoke towards the audience. An incident reported stated that Bobert protested her removal, asking, do you know who I am? And referring to her supposed board membership and intentions to contact the mayor. Many people People noted the apparent hypocrisy of Bobert's actions given her history of making derogatory remarks about the LGBTQ plus community, painting its members as sexual, sexually deviant. Bobert issued an apology on Friday expressing regret for the vaping incident, which she claimed to have no recollection of. <laughs> and attributing her disruptive behavior to ongoing divorce proceedings, the Colorado Sun reported. Reports. Okay. I'm not one to be judging people on, like, getting handsy in a movie theater. I'm going to tell you right now. Do I really know what happened in the movie? Uh, what's the... God damn it. I forgot the name of the movie. Uh, God damn it. God damn it. I had a good old fucking rant. I can't remember the fucking movie. The Pursuit of Happiness. Is it right? The pursuit of happiness. Yep. So, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you all folks something. I don't really know what happened during the pursuit of happiness, that movie. I thought, all I remember is Will Smith has a kid, and he's selling this m machine that he can only sell to doctors. That's all I remember from that fucking movie. And I think they played it when I was in school, too. They actually played it when I was in eighth grade and it came in seventh grade. And I'm going to tell you something. You're in the seventh grade. You're, you're figuring out women for the first time. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say. That was a, you know, and to be honest with you, her dad was a couple rows ahead of us because she didn't want to. I don't know what kind of father you have. Maybe just uh, not the smartest dad, but supportive kind of dad uh, who will let her let his daughter go on a date with me, uh, and I'm going to say, back then, I was way more of a little shit than I was right now, and letting them sit in the back row of a movie theater while you sit, like, five to seven rows ahead of them, 
You know, it's, you know, it's surprising. But anyways, I don't really remember uh, the pursuit of happiness for a lot of reasons. But uh, anyways, though, should we judge someone on the shit they do in a theater? Do you think we'd have Alanis Morissette if she didn't give Dave Coulier a blowjob during a movie? What was the movie? I actually want to know what the what the uh, performance they were watching was. I'm actually really curious about that story. But that's for another day. Today we're talking about uh, why Republicans are hypocrites and uh, Lauren Boebert is not one. No, I don't, want, I don't want to shame her, you know, for doing that shit. But first of all, she's like 38 or something like that and a grandmother. <laughs> Dude, like her, she had a, she's like, she's not even 40 yet. She's like my, like, well, a couple years old. I always say someone's my age, and it's like they're either a little bit younger or a lot older than me. Uh, So she's not too far off from how old I am. Uh, But just, you know, we're going through the hypocrisy of this, um, you know. So I don't want to shame her for, you know, touching dick and getting her boobs touched in the theater. You know, we've all done it. We've all touched. If you haven't touched a tit in a movie theater, fellas... Are you gay? You know? Or have you just not had the opportunity? Okay, so I guess that's the real question because I don't want to be like, I'm 13, I haven't had the chance yet. And also, like, if I was a parent, be like, you want to go to a movie? I'm like, well, you know, at a movie, you know, it's less likely they're going to get pregnant. I afterwards, I guess, is what you're worried about. But in the movie theater, you're not too worried about your kid getting pregnant. You're just, like, making bad choices, you know? Uh... So yeah. Anyways, though, like we've all we've all we've all done stuff in theaters before. So I'm not gonna act like I'm better than her. But however, though, I think the real reason why I actually am better than her, I'm not gonna act like I'm better than her for that. What I'm gonna tell her is, first of all, she goes she goes on rants all the time about how like drag queens are way too sexual and like how like you're just teaching sex to children, you know. And, uh, yeah, how, you know, but when I, you know, when I was with the woman in the theater, uh, it was a PG-13 movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. Maybe. Was it that PG-13? Um, now I have to look this fucking shit up. The Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, there we go. It is on Hulu, in case it's watching in the United States. Uh, do they? Yeah, you don't. After you turn like seventeen, you don't worry about movie ratings anymore. PG. Yeah, it's rated PG thirteen. Okay, I'm not lying. Um, but yeah, so like just the fact that she's like drag queens are sexual deviants, and then you're just fucking getting finger blasted and fucking the fucking Beetlejuice show. You're gonna fucking finger blast of the Beetlejuice show. Like, okay. Okay, you know, I thought I, I thought I thought the pursuit of happiness was bad, but fucking, I don't know. Even like during a musical, like you know, like if you're finger blasting during a movie, you know, the actors aren't gonna know, but when during a musical, they're gonna know. They're gonna know. They're gonna know. Okay, and you know, you can't just be saying shit. And then also, like you're dating a Republican. No, you're dating a Democrat. Which is, like, it's a super common thing for, like, a very liberal woman to date a conservative man, which I don't get. That's why, that's why I'm not married, because I'm, I'm a little too liberal, a little too liberal for these women out here. 
you know, it was like, hey, I would like you to have reproductive rights. Like, that's a turn off. You know, I want a guy who doesn't want me to have rights. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, you know, and then, then you're vaping, you know. Please tell me it's weed, you know. Because also, like, you know, that's the problem with, like, smoking, though. Even vaping, too. It's just, like, <sighs> just smoke everywhere. You know, just everywhere. So I fucking just love... I just love shit you can just, like, hide, you know? Like, I could technically hide drinking all day a little bit, you know? I'd have to put, get some precautions in. But, you know, you can hide, you know, your alcoholism, you know? But, like, smoking, it's so fucking hard. Like, you have to, like, sneak out, and you smell like a skunk. So, like, my mom came into the house today. I, I got a trade coffee subscription, and then I made some, got some cold brew ready for tomorrow. And then mom's like, it smells like a skunk in here. I'm like, I make coffee, and I went up and smelled like coffee. I'm like, do you know what a skunk smells like? Because you're like, it smells like a skunk in here. You're smoking weed. I'm like, it smells like fucking coffee beans in here. Jesus, chill. Okay, we've been talking about this way too long. Anyways, though... Uh, Lauren Boebert, I'm gonna tell you right here. Maybe just, you should become a Democrat. I don't know. You know what? I don't think the Republican thing's working for you yet. Like, it's working a little bit, but like, I don't know, maybe get some Democrats on your side, you know? Be a very outspoken liberal. See what happens, you know? You know, just piss off your whole fan base. You know? You know? Uh, this is from Variety. I had to update this one today, too. Like, I said, we've been, I've, I've, like, saved, like, ten links probably about this. Uh, from Ver- But this one's from Variety. Uh, Drew Barrymore halts talk show return after backlash. Will resume when strike ends. Uh, Drew Barrymore isn't bringing back her daytime talk show. The Drew Barrymore show until the strike ends. After all, the decision comes a week after the actor was criticized for saying the Drew Barrymore show would premiere on September 18th in compliance with WGA guidelines and without writers. I listened to everyone and I making the decision to pause the show's premiere until the strike is over, Barrymore wrote on Instagram. I have no words to express my deepest apologies to anyone I have heard, and of course to our incredible team who works on the show and has made it what it is today. We really try to find our way forward, and I truly hope for a resolution for the entire industry very soon. We support Drew's decision to pause the show's return and understand how complex and difficult this process has been for her, a spokesperson for CBS Media Ventures told Variety in a statement, The Drew Barrymore Show will air for the unforeseeable future. Uh, a knowledgeable individual told Variety episodes that were taped last week when the show went back into production will not air. Barrymore faced intense blowback for her decision to resume taping for her talk show despite Hollywood's ongoing labor strikes. Variety reported on Saturday that part of the Barrymore's choice to bring back the show stemmed from contractual obligations with station partners across the daytime TV business. As part of the Fallout National Book Awards uh, resigned Barrymore's invitation to host this upcoming annual award ceremony. Okay. As long as our hosts or guests don't discuss or promote uh, struck work, Barrymore wouldn't have been violating SAG after rules. The network code agreements allow Dan Host to perform hosting duties, but Barrymore's show operates with union writers, so new episodes would have required moving forward without their writers on staff. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry, I lost my plane. Uh, 
Gillum, uh, at the time of the WWE, condemned Barrymore's decision in a statement saying, Drew Barrymore should not be on the air while her writers are on strike fighting for a fair deal. In reality, shows in reality shows like this cannot operate without writing, and that is struck work. The Guild has not responded to requests for comment about Barrymore's reversal in programming. Following Barrymore's pause, the talk on CBS also announced it would no longer return on Monday as planned. The Jennifer Hudson show still intends to restart on September 18th. While the writers and actors remain on the picket lines, other daytime talk shows that have returned this season include The View, which has been airing without its writers, as well as Live with Kelly and Mark and Tamron Hall show, neither of which have writers and are not covered by the WGA. Barrymore apologized over the weekend in a now-deleted video in which she says she owned the choice to bring back her show. I certainly couldn't have expected this kind of attention. She said, I wanted to do this because, as I said, this is bigger than me and there are other people's jobs on the line. So, yeah, and I think this is, uh, you know, I think Drew, I'm happy Drew Barrymore did the right thing, you know. You know, I think at least, you know, I feel like Drew Barrymore's not like a shit person, you know, and I think... Most people in Hollywood would probably agree. Like, she's probably not a shit person. You probably meet her in real life, and she's good. Um, yeah, she. I think, isn't Jimmy Fallon, like, her married to her best friend or something like that? Isn't that, like, a weird thing? But, like, I feel like she she and Jimmy are such good friends. It's like, you know, like, he does a talk show. She does a talk show. He's just not doing it because of the writers. And he was probably, a, you know, everyone on SNL is a writer, too. So he has writing experience, so he knows, and... You know, and stuff like that. So I know I think Drew Barrymore did the thing, and that's the thing that's like really curious about how these like strikes are going. Which I agree. I agree with the writers. I agree with the actors. Uh, I wish musicians had that, but like I said, musicians are all snakes, and so uh, musicians would never agree to do something like that because like we would, we would, we're all scabs. Like every musician is a fucking scab. Uh, so, but yeah, I think what Drew was probably trying to do, you know, because. When you think about, like, you think something like the Drew Barrymore show, okay? You think the show is all about Drew Barrymore, and you're like, well, she is the name of the show. They don't have a show without her. So that's that's clear. However, there's so many people who, so many things that have to get involved for that show to run. And, you know, and then when, you know, the writers went on strike, they're like, we can't work, we can't do this show without the writers, so you have to go on a break, and then there's people like cameramen, sound engineers, and stuff like that, they're not getting paid right now, too, you know, they're not part of this union, so they can't just be like, I'm gonna go strike, like, they're just, you know, just struggling, and so, I understand, this is what Drew Barrymore wants to do, however, that's the, that's the thing, though, like, you see how badly these strikes affect people, you know, it's like, oh, you run the, you run the sound, for the Drew Barrymore show. Let's just pretend that. And now that the Drew Barrymore show is not making episodes, you don't work. And they're not just going to like pay you. We're like, oh, here you go. You know, you know, if they're not going to pay the fucking actors a decent wage, they're not going to fucking pay the sound guy, you know, uh, half the time. So like, it's stuff like that. Like, you know, and, like, you know, you have to think about them. So I think that's what drew, you know, and a lot of these shows that are, like, wanting to come back amid the strike, they're like, I just want to, like, you know, we have I have this whole-ass crew, you know, and since the show's under my name, I'm the one who has to, like, I get all the blame for this shit, you know? And so I think that's what they're trying to do, but I think it, it's, you know, that's what you want to do. You just want to, like, help people out. You want to help people under you, but realize that Drew's not really at the top. It's, like, all these network executives and for whatever reason, I want to know what the fuck is going on, 
who there, I feel like it's like one. I feel like it's not that many studios that are like. They just be like, nah, we can't meet those demands or whatever. I'm like, I guess. Why not? That's the thing is, like, I think the strike needs to get updated instead of just like all or nothing. It's just like, yeah, if you're a union member, you can't work for this studio. You know, you're you're striking from the studio if you work there. You know, that'd probably make the most sense. You know, but I don't know. I've never been on strike before. I've never been in a union before. So I'm a musician. So you know, our unions aren't really beneficial to anyone. You know, more beneficial to be a scab in that type of situation. So I don't know. Uh, I'm happy she's not doing it because that really gives a message. Because when you have someone like Drew Barrymore, that really sends a message to these fucking billionaires. And also remember the concept, trying to understand the concept of a billion dollars is hard for the human brain to actually like process. Once you get to billions, once that B gets in there, it gets bad, you know. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's like a realization. It has to be a realization for them like, Hey, do you not realize how many of these fucking people are just struggling because you won't even pay actors? It's not just about the act, like, it's not just about the writers. It's not just about the actors. It's about all this other stuff. It's about the cameramen. It's about the sound guys. It's about uh, the assistants. It's about you know, it's a, more than just about the writers. I mean, it's you know, that's one of the. It's a big takeaway, but at the same time, it's like it's not there. It's more than just writers. It's more than just actors. You know. Uh, I thought, like, the perfect analogy was uh, who you think the actor's strike is benefiting, and it shows, like, you know, like, a cast of Avengers, but who it actually helps is, like, background actors and stuff like that. So that's what it is. That's who it is. That's what we're doing. (sighs) All right. Time for a little segment of cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff to end uh, the segment. (coughs) From a taste of country, Garth Brooks, Trisha Yearwood, heading up Habitat for Humanity's 2023 Carter Project. Jimmy and, and Rosalind Carter have recently retired from the public life, but their important work with Habitat for Humanity will continue. Longtime friends and supporters Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood are set to head up the Carter Work Project in 2023, expanding their role in an organization they've supported since 2007. According to Habitat for Humanity's website, the charity organization which builds affordable housing for qualifying lower-income families will not reschedule the 2023 Jimmy and Rosalind Carter work project, which will take place as planned in Charlotte, North Carolina, October 1st through the 6th. Uh, according to Southern Living, Brooks and Yearwood would lead, the t- lead a team of more than 1,000 volunteers in trying to build 27 affordable homes in that amount of time. Though we can never fill their... Sh- oh, Garth, Garth impression time... <clears throat> Though we can never fill their shoes, we're so incredibly honored to be given the opportunity to carry President and Mrs. Carter's legacy forward through the continuation of the Carter Work Project. Brooks stated, The Carters were tirelessly supporters of Habitat for Humanity for 35 years, helping to build and renovate 4,390 homes in 14 countries. Jimmy Carter, who served as the 39th President of the United States before focusing on philanthropy in his post-presidency, entered hospice care at his home in Georgia on February 19th. Rosalind Carter was diagnosed with dementia in May. Yearwood, Yearwood is looking forward to stepping into an even more active role in Habitat for Humanity. And that's, this is a Trish. 
Habitat is a great reminder to me of how grateful I need to be on a daily basis. I believe the adage, to whom much is given, from him much is expected, part of my job in life is to give back, and this is a wonderful way for me to give back, the singer says in a statement. I grew up in a small town, and if you need something, the whole community railed. Rallied. Railed. The whole community railed. Uh, I think it is what draws me to Habitat Yearwood ads. In the days you work on a house, you quickly become a community. I will always be that small town girl, and I like that small town feeling that we are all in this together. Habitat gives me that. So I think we're all, first of all, wondering, you know, we're like, oh, that's really cool. You know, Habitat for Humanity is a good thing. And, uh, you know, Jimmy and Rosalind, I remember hearing that February's going to the hospital. I'm like, no, it's like, we're over six months later. I'm like, he's not dead yet. I don't know, man. If I if I have to go into hospice, you know, I definitely don't. I don't definitely don't want to go into hospice. I'm just like, can we can we just end this now? You know, you know. It's like I'm 30 and I barely want to be alive right now. I'm like, can I just you know? Can I go? Can I go, please? I, I'm done. You know, but uh, overall though, I think this is really just. Uh, a good cover-up for Garth Brooks and uh, how he hides the bodies. Now, I know what you're thinking when I said hide the bodies. I know exactly what you're thinking. Doesn't he eat the bodies? I'm like, yeah, he does. But, like, you don't eat chicken bones, do you? Like, we're humans. Like, even even eating other humans, we're not going to eat their bones. Like, we're not fucking psychos, dude. So, anyways, though, <laughs> um, if you got a house from Habitat for Humanity... There might be a dead body underneath it. Just saying. Just saying. There might be a dead body underneath it. So be careful. FNX Fitness. The ultimate destination for fitness enthusiasts looking to reach their peak performance and achieve their health goals. Are you tired of the same old fitness routines that leave you feeling uninspired and unmotivated? Look no further than FNX Fitness, where they bring a fresh and innovative approach to your fitness journey. At FNX Fitness, they believe that true fitness goes beyond just physical strength. It's about nourishing your body and mind and soul to unlock your full potential. That's why they offer a wide range of high-quality supplements and products designed to support your active lifestyle. Fuel your workouts and enhance your recovery with the scientifically formulated supplements. From pre-workout energizers to post-workout recovery blends, FNX Fitness has you covered every step of the way. Their products are carefully crafted using premium ingredients, ensuring you get the nutrients you need to perform at your best. But don't take, but FNX Fitness is more than just supplements. It's a community of like-minded individuals who share your passion for fitness and well-being. Join their supportive community and gain access to expert advice, workout tips, and motivational content that will keep you inspired and on track towards your goals. They understand that fitness is a personal journey, which is why they offer a wide range of products to cater to your individual needs. Whether you're a seasoned athlete looking to take your performance to the next level or a beginner taking your first steps towards a healthier life, lifestyle, FNX Fitness has the tools and resources to support you every step of the way. But don't just take my word for it. Join the thousands of satisfied customers who have already experienced the FNX Fitness difference. Transform your fitness routine and unlock your full potential with FNX Fitness. And using our code in the description, you can save 15% off your order from their website. 
ready to take your fitness to the next level, uh, visit their website on your nearest or your nearest retailer today and discover the power of FNX Fitness. Elevate your performance, feel your passion, and become the best version of yourself with FNX Fitness. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Cash App, the easiest way to send, spend, and save money with just a few taps on your phone. Are you tired of dealing with the hassle of carrying cash or waiting in long lines at the bank? With Cash App, you can say goodbye to those inconveniences and hello to a seamless financial experience. Sending money to friends and family has never been easier. Whether you're splitting the bill at dinner, paying your share of rent, or simply sending a birthday gift, Cash App lets you transfer money instantly, directly from your bank account. No need to worry about writing checks or handling physical cash anymore. Uh, but Cash App doesn't stop there. It's complete financial ecosystem right at your fingertips. Use the app to easily pay for your morning coffee, groceries, or even your monthly subscriptions. With just a simple scan or tap, you can make purchases at millions of locations, both online and offline. And here's the best part. Cash App helps you save money too. With its innovative Boost feature, you can unlock exclusive discounts and cashback rewards at popular retailers, restaurants, and even your favorite services. It's like having your own personal saving assistant always looking out for the best deals. Worried about security? Cash App has you covered. With top-notch encryption and advanced security features, your financial information is always protected. Plus, if you have ever had any questions or concerns, Cash App's dedicated customer support team is available 24-7 to assist you. So why wait? Join millions of satisfied users and experience the convenience, speed, and savings that Cash App brings to your financial life. Download the app today from your app store and start sending spending and saving money like never before. Luckily, the best part is if you sign up using the link in the description, you get a free $5 just for signing up. That's literally just free money. Uh, so join Cash App today. The future of money is here. And when you use our links, you directly support this show. From the people who brought you autistic people dating, now bring you, brought to you by Netflix, Down for Love, Down Syndrome People Dating. So, this show, very awesome. You know, bad people like me come into these shows with bad intentions. But I gotta tell you, these shows always end up being more wholesome than you want them to be. And you're also, also, normal people are probably worried, like, this isn't like, Making fun of people, is it? No, we're not We're not making fun of people today on the show. We are going to make jokes, but we're not going to make fun of people, okay? There's a difference. What is the difference? We're not going to get into that today. Um, so, synopsis of the show. I know we're all wanting to know that. A heartwarming quest for love. This feel-good reality show follows several people with Down syndrome <coughs> as they navigate the trials and triumphs of dating. And, uh, yeah, and I got to say, though, It's, it's, it must, <laughs> I'm like losing my train of thought. It must be hard, you know, for people with Down syndrome living in New Zealand, you know, you know, to have Down syndrome in New Zealand because, you know, in America where real people live, you know, we just talk, we just talk and whatever sounds come out of our mouth, we do. But like people in like New Zealand, Australia, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. I always forget Wales is a place. Uh, y'all need to make, y'all need to get like a singer or something coming out of there, you know? Uh, probably already have. But, uh, I got it. Damn it. Um, oh yeah, no. So we're going back to this, but 
they all have to like fake their accents, you know? It's like for British people, like the best part of your day has to be like when you get home and you don't have to do the accent anymore, you know? You just can talk like a normal fucking human being. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I really, you know, and when you have Down syndrome, I think there is some stuff uh, from what I remember with voice. Uh, I didn't really study Down syndrome voice, but uh, I believe it's harder to do harder to have for breath support, which is why you don't see a lot of people with Down syndrome as singers. Like, I think it's because, like, I think it's some, it has to be something with, like, breath support, I believe, right? And um, I think they may have something weird, pronunciation. That's why they all, they all kind of have, like, a back of their throats, uh, like, kind of like peanut butter in their mouth kind of talking, and I think it's something uh, with their uh, DNA and stuff like that. Um, but anyways, though, faking that New Zealand accent and having Down syndrome has to be kind of rough. Uh, but, like, the thing I feel like we all can agree on when watching this show and kind of, like, understanding how this show works is, like, that basically, from watching that, it's almost like middle schoolers dating for the first time. We all, we were all young once, you know? Some of you might be young right now, which time's a bitch. Just FYI, time will get you. Time's going to get you. One day time will get you. Um, and I'm pretty sure we all had to act. We all acted like this when we were like dating for the first time. And like a lot of these guys with Down syndrome and ladies with Down syndrome, they are dating for the first time, you know? And so they act like middle schoolers because they don't. And I think... I think, well, what's a better term instead of middle schooler? I think, like, they act like uh, noobs. Noobs is a better word, with two zeros. They act like noobs when they go on dates because, like, they just don't know what to do, you know, and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, so it's just, you know, it's just, it's very wholesome, very innocent to watch, and I think that's something that's, like, very, very nice about uh, this show. You're like, oh, it's so wholesome. And it, it, you get that way until you find a couple, until you get to a couple... It was, like, Carlos and this other chick. I can't remember the chick's name, but I remember Carlos. Like, Carlos had not a New Zealand accent. He had, like, a... He was from Bolivia. Yeah, I hope, I hope Bolivia is right. So he had, like, a Bolivian accent. And, uh, yeah, so, like, that was different. Like, does... Usually people from other countries don't fake accents. They're just trying to talk. But uh, British people are faking their accent. Like, that's a... Uh, it's 100%, you know, what they do. Uh, but I like, you know, it's nice, but he was like, I honestly thought the show was, it's a show's called Down for Love, which I don't know why. And it's not like, I'm not trying to be mean or anything when I think about this, but if I hear like someone with Down syndrome or whatever, and they make jokes, like if you're down, I'm down, you know, they make jokes like that, like automatic, automatic laugh for me. So I keep saying, I keep thinking the show is called Down Bad, which is not. And the reason why I think it's called Down Bad is because of Carlos. He was down bad, but I'm happy. I'm happy he found someone on the show. I don't know. I don't know what happened in real life. You know, I like to go into reality shows pretending this fit that fake reality is real life, and I know it's fake, but at the same time, you know, like just let me live in my fantasies. You know. 
you know, just let me live in the fantasies and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I guess and they're a lot nicer on like, you know, New Zealand, Australia, UK. They're always like way like I don't know why the producers are always like how they make the content is always like way nicer than how they do it in the US. Like that's why I couldn't watch uh, Love on the Spectrum. The, the American version of Love on the Spectrum. Because, like, we're so dirty when it comes to making reality shows. It's great to watch. But, like, I don't want to I don't want to see you, like, doing people with autism dirty. Like, you know, when it's, like, that dumb bitch you know from high school. You know, when it's her getting ripped off, you're like, I think she kind of deserved it. Uh, but when it's, like, you know, someone with autism or downs, I'm like, you don't want to watch them, you know, you don't want to watch some fucking sleazy producer from TLC come in and be like, all right. All right, do this. Make drama that doesn't exist. All right, let's edit this together where it's out of context. <laughs> you know, people like that. So it's always nice, you know, just, you know, those people have morals over there, you know. I think I think it's because people in America, we have too much of being fake nice where, you know, if someone's a nice person, they're just a nice person and then someone's kind of a... You know, like, Larry David, like, you don't think Larry David's a horrible person, but, you know, he's, like, he's not going to be easy to communicate with, you know, and shit like that, you know? Like people who are just, like, honest with who they are. Um, that's a rant that I forgot where I started at. I think we're talking about fucking... I keep... I wrote DS for Down Syndrome, and I keep thinking Nintendo DS, you know? I don't know why I'm thinking... I think it's because I wrote... I don't know, I, I had some... I had an edible, and then I, what I'll do is I'll just, like, get on my iPad, and then I'll just start writing shit down, you know? Just, like, write some ideas down. Well, I do that when I'm sober, too, but it's been a lot of fun when I'm high, because then you get that, and when you're sober, like, sometimes you have a cool idea, and then sometimes you have the dumbest shit you've ever read in your life, and, like, I wrote, you know, like, a song lyric or whatever, it's like, her ass is crushing my DS! I'm like, what the hell did I write? You know? Um... But yeah, no, like, and I think, you know, going back, kind of trying to rope back around here, I think there is something that we can all kind of, there is something recognizable about understanding, like, someone starting to date for the first time, because I feel like most of us have, like, at least anyone who's had a girlfriend before, has dated before, knows that, like, you know, remember when you were a kid and you're trying to date? You know, remember, you remember? I remember like being in the sixth grade, going to like middle school dances and shit like that. You know, and it was like a big deal. You know, because like if you have a girlfriend, like this is the night. You know, this is a special night and shit like that. And then you know, when I got to high school, I'm like, I'm not going to fucking school dances or whatever. You know, or, like I just went to like prom. I'm pretty sure I went to like school. Two school dances while I was in high school. Uh, first one was like a homecoming dance. And I'm like, I don't think I like school dances. <laughs> then I went to prom because like everyone goes to prom because I'm from the fucking Midwest. And everyone goes to prom except for the weird kids. They don't go to prom. But I actually didn't go my senior year. I went to see Sarah Bareilles in concert and said, and I was like, I didn't have a date anyway. So it's like not really, you know, it wasn't really that big of a deal. So. Um, so yeah, it's just, it just reminds me of like a more innocent time in my life where I, you know, like you were dating and dating was so much more comp, not as complicated. It was like dating was easier, but also it was so complex in your mind because you just didn't know any better. You know, you just didn't know. That's like cool stuff. Um, 
also, if you if you pay attention to the credits in a show, uh, you would have seen in this show it said, and I'm gonna I'm just just looking at it. New Zealand, uh, the New Zealand Down Syndrome Association. Now, I thought New Zealand was doing well. You know, like Lord of the Rings. You know, were there, and then was the Hobbit even recorded in New Zealand? Like half that shit was green screen. But, uh, you know, you know, so you thought like, you know, they had Lord of the Rings going for them. You know, that's what you think about, you know, you think about that with New Zealand and you're like, what else does New Zealand have? Like shrimp on the Bobby. I'm like, isn't that, is that Australia? You know? So the fact that they have a whole ass down syndrome association, I'm just very shocked. Like New Zealand, I did not know you guys were doing that well. Like I thought. You were like, we're white, so we're not poor, but, you know, we're not, you know, we're not like that, you know, but like, well, I, and I might, <laughs> shit like that. Like, I didn't know, like, like, did anyone know New Zealand was doing that good, you know? Like, you think New Zealand, like, oh, they probably have like a president, you know? You think you know, they probably have like a president, they probably have laws there, but then you're like, yeah, they have a whole ass fucking association for Down syndrome. Like, what? They have that? That exists, you know? So that's just, that. you know, that's, 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 uh, I don't know. I just thought that was great. Like, did y'all think they had one of those? Did y'all think they had a whole ass association for people with Down syndrome? Because I didn't think so. I just thought, I'm like, well, they may have, like, a whole thing for, like, people with special needs, but not one specifically for Down syndrome. Uh, because I didn't think Down syndrome was so niche that like it needed its whole ass association. They have an autism one though, probably not. Human society, we're not good to people with autism. Like that's just, it's just who we are. Who who we are as a society, we are just not good to people with autism. Uh, but last thing I really I really want to one thing I really want to focus on, and this is a deep thought. Unfortunately, we don't have the soundboard today. I had a thought, and I'm I'm kind of thinking this is true, you know, uh, as people would say this. Some people would say this is cap. Uh, I would rather just say bullshit, you know. I'd rather just say that's bullshit instead of that's cap, you know. I would rather say I feel like bullshit figures out the word. I think it's bullshit. All right, I am not a Down syndrome denier. I do believe. That Down syndrome exists, and I do believe people have it. I believe it's just like an extra chromosome, you know? You're like homies with chromies, you know? That's what your Down syndrome friends are. However, though, is Down syndrome a learning disability? I know some people obtain one, and they also have Down syndrome. I believe that's the case. But I'm, I'm just, I'm starting to think about, I think for the most part, if you just have Down syndrome, if it's just, you just have Down syndrome, I don't believe it's a learning disability. I think you just have an extra chromosome. I think that da- people with Down syndrome are, if they just have Down syndrome, they're just normal human beings. Because you, you even watch some of the people on this show, you know? Like, there's the chick who was a model who, who was dating Josh. I remember that. I'm the first character's name, Josh. You know, my name is, my real name is Sam. And, you know, 
I've never heard a woman say, like, if his name is Sam, that's a red flag. However, though, I have heard the name Sam being referenced to in being the poster child name for your friend's brother with, uh, you know, with, like, a learning disability, you know? That's, that's you're like, hi, Sam, how are you doing? You know? So, surprisingly, there was no, I don't think there's been anyone named Sam on any of the, maybe... Love on the Spectrum. I, there might have been one Sam. But this show didn't have any Sams, you know? And so that's confused me because there was a Josh in the show, but not a Sam. And we all know Josh is, you know, go up to any woman that's ever existed. Any woman. All You go up to him, all you have to say is, I'm sorry about what Josh did to you. And they're going to have an emotion. Like, they're, an emotion's going to come up. An emotion is going to come up. So, yeah. Is Down Syndrome a learning disability? In itself, no. But there are a lot of people who have Down Syndrome who do have an actual learning disability. But I don't think Down Syndrome in itself is a learning disability. Uh, I read about a chick. She had, like, mosaic Down Syndrome. And so I guess she had, like, a kid or another or two kids with Down syndrome, and then she herself got tested and found out she had Down syndrome. I'm like, that is so fucking crazy. I'm like, and like I, and that, that also proves my point where it's like, just Down syndrome in itself is not a learning disability, okay? Those guys and girls and the they thems, I don't, do they, you know how like Latin people or Latinx are like, no. We're not going with that. Like, that's just a white people thing we're doing. Do you think that's the same with people with Down syndrome, you know? Because, I don't know. Do you guys think Down syndrome is a learning disability? Down syndrome in, in itself, just having an extra chromosome. Because I don't, you know, you know. I would definitely hire someone with Down syndrome to work for me. Uh, you know? Like, it's it's not like a big, I don't know. It's I, I I'm Am I crazy for thinking this? That Down syndrome is not a learning disability in itself. Because, like, every person with Down syndrome is just fine, you know? You know, they're just like, hey, what's going on, man? And we're like, not much, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. You know? I don't know. I'm, it's a controversial take, I know. Uh, very much the show is about hot takes, but uh, that is what I believe. But uh, anyways, though, that is Down for Love, not Down Bad, which I've been calling it. But Down for Love, people with Down syndrome dating. Uh, everyone watch it. It's on, it's on Netflix, Netflix, uh, and you can, you can watch it now. It's available now. We're on Netflix and, uh, yeah, no, it's very wholesome. Uh, I kind of got bored at the end, like the last episode, I kind of got bored. Uh, I think that took away all the familiar characters, but, uh, yeah, no, I like the show. I'm ready for another one, back another season, but Americans, we're not, we're not doing this. Just, this is, you know, it's nice to see what other countries are doing every once in a while, you know? And, uh, this is the show for it. Drizzly, the ultimate convenience for all your alcohol needs, delivered right to your doorstep. Tired of making last-minute trips to the liquor store or dealing with crowded aisles and long checkout lines? With Drizzly, your favorite drinks are just a few taps away, making your alcohol shopping experience easier and more enjoyable than ever before. 
Drizzly brings the liquor store to you, offering an extensive selection of beer, wine, spirits, and more. Browse their vast catalog of top quality brands, local favorites, and specialty beverages, all conveniently organized on their user-friendly app or website. With Drizzly, there's no need to leave the comfort of your home. Simply choose your favorite drinks, place your order, and let their reliable delivery partners handle the rest. Whether you're hosting a party, relaxing after a long day, or simply stocking up for the weekend, Drizzly ensures that you drink your drinks are delivered promptly and securely. But Drizzly isn't just about convenience, it's about choice. Discover new flavors, explore unique craft brews, or find the perfect bottle of wine to complement your meal. With Drizzly's vast selection, you have the freedom to choose exactly what you want when you want it. Worried about the hassle of age verification? Drizzly has you covered. Their delivery partners are trained to ensure responsible alcohol delivery, making sure that only those of legal drinking age receive their orders. Your safety and the safety of your community is their top priority. Join the millions of satisfied customers who have already embraced the convenience and simplicity of Drizzly. Say goodbye to the hassle of traditional alcohol shopping and hello to the ease of having your favorite drinks delivered to your doorstep. That's not all. Using our link in the description gives you $5 off your first order, which can greatly enhance your night, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Ready to elevate your drinking experience? Download the Drizzly app or visit our website today and experience the future of alcohol shopping. Cheers to a new way of enjoying your favorite drinks with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Honey, your ultimate online shopping companion that saves you time and money effortlessly. Are you tired of endlessly searching for coupon codes or missing out on the best deals when shopping online? Say goodbye to those frustrations and hello to Honey, the free browser extension that revolutionizes your online shopping experience. Honey is your personal shopping assistant that automatically finds and applies the best coupon codes at checkout, helping you save money with just a few clicks. No more wasted time scouring the internet for discounts. Honey does the work for you, ensuring you never miss out on a great deal again. But Honey doesn't stop at coupon codes it goes the extra mile to ensure you get the best price possible. With Honey's innovative price history feature, you can track the price changes of your favorite products over time. This means you'll always know if you're getting the best deal or if it's better to wait for a price drop. And the best part, Honey works seamlessly with over 30,000 online retailers, including popular brands across fashion, tech, home goods, and more. Whether you're shopping for a new wardrobe, upgrading your electronics, or sprucing up your living space, Honey has your back, ensuring you get the best value for your money. Worried about privacy and security? Rest assured, Honey is committed to protecting your personal information. They never sell or share your data, and their browser extension is designed with top-notch security measures to keep your online shopping experience safe and secure. Join the millions of satisfied users like me who have already saved millions of dollars with Honey. Download the Honey browser extension today and unlock a world of savings every time you shop online. Don't miss out on an incredible deal and the chance to save money effortlessly. Experience the power of Honey and take your online shopping to a whole new level. Honey, the sweetest way to shop online. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. It's time for Oh No Our Table, the part of the podcast where I answer questions for you and see what the problem is. See what the problem is, and uh, as we adjust the camera so I can just relax a little bit. Uh, uh, I drank beer too fast. All right. Uh, first question we got here. <clears throat> I need to stop masturbating. 
So to jump right to the point, I have a very high libido and I masturbate pretty frequently to keep it in check. In the next month, I'm going to be living in a dormitory system for job training and I know I won't be able to masturbate anymore. Any advice on how to prepare my body for a change like this as to not suffer an extreme agitation as I predicted stopping my habit will do me. Okay, um... A uh, question about this job training. How how long is this job training going to last you for? Because I will say, though, like, yeah, if it's, like, a six-month thing, you're going to need to figure out a plan to fucking jerk off. And But if it's, like, a two-week thing, I think, I think we all kind of know an answer to that. Um, I don't know, some, someone listening to the show is a woman. Uh, yeah, women do listen to the show. Some of them are like, women listen to this? Uh, and they're thinking, like, do you, why don't you just not masturbate? You're like, see, the thing is, like, for men, like, I don't, I don't think, there's a lot of things you can say, but, like, men need to nut. Okay, it's just, it's just something we have to do. It's like poison in our body. It's like, you know, it's like, we just gotta get it out, you know? And, uh, you know, it, it sounds like, like petty, like, just don't do it, you know, but like, sometimes you need to do it. And sometimes like some guys would like bring a gun places. I'm not going to say schools, but like other places, you know, those guys who bring guns places, uh, for not for doing bad and do bad things with it, you know? Like, there could be a possibility someone found them and was like, hey, man, you need to stop jerking off so much, you know? Like, just let guys jerk off. If it's between getting shot and letting a man just jerk off, you know, in the privacy of his own home, then, yeah, I think I would just let him jerk off in his own home or whatever. Uh, but I guess you're in a dormitory system. Like, so I'm saying, if it's, like, two weeks, uh, you're just going to have to go two weeks without, you know... Uh, stroking it for, you know, for two, as much for two weeks, you'll, you'll eventually find a place. If you're living in like a dorm system where like you said it's a job, but I'm thinking about like college, basically what you do is you figure out when your roommate is going to be gone or not in the room, you do it quick. And then when they get back, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, you could also, if you if you can do this, some guys can, some guys can't. I'm taking too many antidepressants to do it right now. But, like, if you can jerk off in the bathroom. Honestly, though, like, jerking off in the bathroom is honestly the best. Because the best part about it is you can just fucking, sh- if you, like, shoot your load directly into the toilet water, you know, that shit flushes down easy, too. You, you know, you still got, like, the, the stuff on there. I like to call it, like, the cum cap. Where, like, if you don't piss it out quickly, like, it'll just dry up. And then next time you have to go piss, it's, like, it's, like, a a cork on a bottle that's overflowing. You know, it's, like, you know, it just, like, stings out, you know. So, yeah. So, either figure out, jerk off in the bathroom, figure out when your roommate's not going to be there. And it's just two weeks. uh, You know, just figure it the fuck out. You can, you know, it's, like, you know, that's why I never understand, like, smokers. Because I couldn't get into nicotine. I tried. Folks, I really, I really tried, but uh, Nick and he, I just can't do it. And like, I would like, I won't, you know, and I don't even like smoking too much because it just makes me cough. So that's why I like fucking love edibles. Uh, I don't know, man. You'll figure it. If it's a couple weeks, you'll figure it out. But if it's like 
a long-term thing, just figure out when your roommate's gone or just jerk off into the, just spill your seed into the toilet, you know? Don't spill it on the goddamn floor like that dude in the Bible. Yeah, if I was God, I'd be mad too. Like, you know, obviously, like, God was mad he didn't, like, spill a seed. He didn't fucking nut inside this bitch. But, you know, I'm more upset that he did it on the floor. Like, dude, don't fucking jizz on the floor, okay? If you have roommates, don't jizz on the floor. That's, that's also a good idea. Missing condom mystery. So about a week ago, my girlfriend bought us a 12-pack of skin condoms, and I asked her to bring them to my house, because that's where we mostly are. She brought me all of them, and I didn't think anything until I decided to count them. There was one missing, so the next day, I decided to bring it up to her to see if maybe we lost it or something. So I put all the condoms in my hand and said something like, at least we got plenty condoms. How many even is there? Her response was, oh, it was an 11-pack, which was also a lie. I knew there were 12-packs, so I was like, aren't these 12-packs? And she was like, oh, yeah, I took one out and opened it to make sure it was the right kind. I instantly made the bruh face, so do you, guys, so do you think she's being honest about, and do you think about, a girl would actually open one condom from a pack to make sure it would be the right size. Okay. Um, so like part of my mind is like missing condom. Like there's probably an explanation, you know, and like, you know, so it's either she's cheating or you believe the story she actually told you. So I think that's going to be the situation you're in. Um, and that's the thing, though. If it's just one missing, that that's the thing, though. Like, I don't know why you would... I mean, it was the box... I mean, you had to have known, like, the box was already open, like, when it came to your... when it went to your home or whatever. So, I don't know. Like, so... So, like, yeah. So, the answer is, like, the real answer to this question is you believe exactly what she told you, or you believe she cheated on you, you know, like, and she used one, and obviously the guy she cheated on you with has a bigger dick than you, obviously he has a bigger dick, not even, like, bigger as in, you know, sometimes we're, like, bigger, bigger, bigger is better, you know, it's not that situation, because, like, at some point, like, there is a too big, like, you know, like, you see some of these, some of these guys in porn, you're like, that, like, you know, like, I have a normal one, and, like, you sometimes struggle to get that inside a woman, you know? You know, you're like, ah, god damn, I need to lube it up some more. Then you go down, num, 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 num. So, uh, yeah, so the answer, to answer to this question is, uh, it's either, uh, exactly what she told you, or she's lying. And so, I think it's up to you to decide, do I trust this bitch? And, uh... Yeah, and that's that's questions for you. Only you can answer those questions for you. So, I guess do that. Um, one day in, and I want to quit being the tour driver. Can I quit? 
I volunteered to be a driver for an artist's tour, thinking it would be fun. However, it turned out to be a disappointing experience. I had little downtime, had to handle various tasks like booking hotels and managing merchandise, and the concerts were not enjoyable. The pay was of $100 a day seems inadequate considering the long hours and expenses. Now I'm considering leaving the tour midway because I have no interest in being a tour driver and would rather focus on my writing career. Writing career, is that your music? I don't know. Anyways, though, I'm not gonna, that's not, that's a, the, the wrong problem here. Uh, yeah, I think it sounds like you got very much in over your head. Uh, you're like, oh, tour driver, that's not bad. I just, just, you know, you just drive and, and then figure out when to sleep, you know, or whatever. And I've had friends who are like, yeah, I'll be your tour, like, yeah, if you go on tour, I'll be your driver. That sounds like fun. I'll be your security. Like, I'll be a roadie for you. I'm like, you know, it sounds like it's fun. I don't know. First of all, being a roadie does not sound like fun. Being a groupie sounds like a lot of fun, ladies. Okay? Being one of my groupies, okay? Um, be one of those women who, who will, I think, technically sexually assault me. <laughs> shit like that. One time, like, a chick came up to me and just, like, fucking face-kissed me and shit like that. And I've got other chicks run over and, like, you know, rub your groin and shit like that, you know? It's like, if I was a woman, I would be very broken right now. <laughs> it's, it's like, thank God I'm a guy. And be like, hey, don't do that. And chicks are like, he might beat the shit out of me. So, okay. I, I can't. I, I can't. That's the answer. Um, But yeah, no. Like, I don't know. Touring, like being a touring musician sounds like a lot of fun. And it does have a lot of its fun moments. But like, you don't realize some of the other shit you have to do. So it uh, sounds like this band hired you to be both their driver and their like tour, almost like their tour manager. So you're even like your merch guy. So you're obviously doing merch. And then you also had to book their hotels shit too. First of all, if this band's doing so good, they're booking hotels. Okay. They can pay more than a hundred dollars. I'm just saying, you know, some bands, you know, and I'm not saying, I'm not even talking about the quality of your band right now. I'm just talking about, like, if you're, if this band is at a point uh, where they're like, let's get hotel rooms, okay? You're like, let's stay at someone's house, or let's, like, just figure it out with this bus. You know, let's buy a school bus, an old school bus, and you know, let's just put some mattresses in there, and let's just figure it out, you know? But, like, when they're like, we're going to get hotel rooms, you know? Or and stuff like that. I'm like, I think they can pay you more than a hundred dollars. Honestly, though, just like the saddest shit of all this is a hundred dollars a day. Actually, in regards to touring, if you can make a hundred dollars a day touring, like that's actually not the worst. It's not the worst. That's the sad part. Is it's not the worst. Um. So yeah, it looks like you got tricked into more than you can handle. My my obviously reaction would be, hey, maybe you know just tough it out, like finish the, this tour and then going good. If it's going to be a long fucking tour after this though, like just say like, Hey man, I think I got in over my head on this and I don't think the money's going to pay out because like, you can't expect them. To, I don't know. It's just, it's hard for me to be like, get an artist to pay you more and shit like that, you know? Uh, and so like, I don't, I don't know if this is it for me. Um, I, I hope that you're in the situation where you're like, hey, the tour, it's just like a two-week tour. Because if it's like a two, two, even like a three-week tour, it's just like, 
I would just say, like, tough it out. I know it's rough. And then just be like, I'm never going to do this again, you know? I think that'd be my best advice for you. But, like, if it's like, yeah, we're going to be gone for the next three months, you're like, dude, you fucking uh, screwed yourself. And, like, that's the problem with your situation is, like, uh, you have to figure out a way to communicate to them that, like, hey, uh, this is way more than I can handle um, and, and stuff like that. Maybe maybe communication would be decent be like, huh, maybe someone else is going to do the merchandise on the team whatever. Uh, maybe just be like, hey, we're not going to stay in hotels. You're going to pay me more and we're going to sleep in someone's house. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of things you can do here, but yeah. Sounds like you got in over your head. My big, I, I hope you're in a situation where you can like just finish it out and then just be like, I'm never going to do that shit again. Because I've been, I think, I hope every human being has been in the situation where you volunteer to do something and then, then you realize, I'm like, this was a bad idea. I'm never going to do this again. That's just how it is. Um, should I take my ex's offer to form a friends with benefits relationship? For context, I broke up with my ex about two weeks ago. A couple days ago, he texted me asking if I'd be okay with having a friends with benefits relationship to which I did agree since a part of me still wants to hang out onto what we had. However, I feel like that's not a healthy decision since we're both trying to move on, but this might make things harder for the both of us. I'm not that sexually attracted to him. One of the reasons I broke up and I have a low sex drive. So the only reason I agreed was because I wanted to keep him close. We're supposed to meet up tomorrow. I'm having second thoughts. Should I continue like this or should I stop? Dude, you need to stop. Oh, you're a woman. Dude, you need to stop uh, whatever this shit you're doing right now. Because this is not healthy. This is definitely not something I would say. I actually do think friends with benefits can be a good thing, but it's kind of, it has to be in its heart. And, and it's definitely a difficult situation to try to get across because it's two people agreeing on multiple different things. And it's just like not how humans are supposed to work. Like humans are supposed to disagree on things. And, you know, I think we disagree, but we, we still keep you and our tribes and shit like that. So, but with this, but with this being an ex-partner, ex-boyfriend, it sounds like you're the girl, he's the boy. Uh, you know, I'm just going to say this. Some of you don't know this, but back in the day, uh, opposite sex rel relationships were like the coolest shit ever. Now it's like the gays are the coolest. Or actually, the women are the coolest. Like everyone, you know, it's like the rule. It's like, Men being like, I wish I could show public displays of affection. Like, I wish no one showed public displays of affection, FYI. So, the compromise, only women can make out with each other in public, you know? <laughs> Works for everyone. Um, but yeah, no. The thing is, like, you... If you were in an actual relationship, that means you have feelings. And the problem with... The thing with uh, friends with benefits type of relationships is you both cannot have feelings. And it's like the one moment... One of you gets feelings, you kind of have to, you know, either decide, like, let's be an actual couple or let's break up, you know? I think that's when the conversation needs to be had. So uh, I would definitely, you know, I definitely wouldn't be do a friends with benefits. It's like, in at this point, it's like, oh, he didn't actually like you for anything but the whole sex part, too, you know? And, you know, for men, it's like, yeah, we do a relationship mostly for sex, but at the same time, there is something to, like, doing boyfriend shit, you know, like, let's, let's pick pumpkins and shit like that, you know, that we need to humble ourselves. Like, we all need to be humbled. So, you know what, you know what to do. 
What is ruining most relationships nowadays? Like, my first thought always wants to be, like, social media is ruining that today, you know? And especially, like, I don't know, like, just how our communication switched from, uh, from voice to text, you know? So I do think, that's, like, my first thought, but, uh, um, what would I actually think is ruining relationships? Um... Expectations. I think we all have a lot of unrealistic expectations of what we want from a partner, you know? Uh, and I mean, this is definitely just like a talk to myself, to be honest with you. If you want to you know, this is me talking to myself. Uh, but like, yeah, we, you know, we have unrealistic expectations of what we want in a partner. And we won't settle until we get that, uh, that thing. And so, yeah, that's really ruining it. Um, I do want to talk, yeah, let's talk about social media and how that's ruining it. Um, because, you know, though we get more receipts of shit that happens, uh, I think it opens up people to be able to cheat a little bit easier and not be so good. And, you know, like a lot of people get validation through their like partner and stuff like that. But if we can get it through social media, it's like, there's like 15 guys right now who want to fuck me. Uh, in my DMs, and, uh, so if you don't want to, you know, if you want to step up, you know, you know, we always look for, like, that better option, like, I'm not any better, you know, I wish I could say I was, I actually am better, I, I, I don't know why I'm saying this shit, uh, what else is ruining relationships, I would say, uh, nowadays, um, what ruins relationships that aren't mine, that's a good question I need to ask, um, I think ego ruins it, you know. I think, I don't know. I feel like what's ruining most relationships nowadays is, uh, you know, and, I've, and I, I, I'm just, I don't know, I'm an artistic person, so I always think, like, the media and how the world pre- presents itself uh, kind of ruins relationships because we expect unrealistic things, and expecting unrealistic things not good for anyone, so don't do that bad uh but yeah uh i would say tech i do think not technology but like social media is probably ruining people like we're just all we're all like two different people now like real life and then social media shit like that as someone you know do we consider podcast social media yeah it's like how much shit i talk on this show but i won't say in real life is you know always a mystery too Do you think getting hit with a belt a lot causes trauma? Um, interesting question, you know, and I'm definitely in the mindset of I don't have kids, I don't want kids, but at the same time, I'm, I am I generally think that, like, hey, we shouldn't, like, if it can be considered violence, don't do that to kids, you know, because I think, in my mind, you know, I, you know, I was spanked, you know, and I... I turned out like I did, and, uh, you know, and I think a lot of people were spanked and turned out fine, but I also don't like, but I also think that the idea of, hey, when I was in high school, they, when, you know, if we were playing, like, fucking kickball or some shit, and someone was mad, they got out or something like that, our PE teacher would just say, like, hey, take it out on your shoe, you know, so take your shoe off and just, like, smack it on the ground, throw it, you know, so like that, you know. In regards to getting out anger, I don't think it's the worst solution to the problem. However, I've figured out, and I've kind of 
realized over the years that, like, you know, especially with kids and they're developing and they're trying to learn, and, you know, it's more than just, like, learning. There's, like, a lot of emotional learning that comes, like, just growing up. And so with a kid, you know, when a, when a, someone's angry and you're kind of learning how to exist in the world, I don't think that that when you're angry or upset or something like that, you're, you shouldn't go to violence, you know? That's why, like, women get the shit beating up, beaten out of them all the time, you know? It's like, you know, like, when a guy gets angry, you know, when you have a relationship with all your friends, like, I'm mad. I have things that annoy me with my friends that make me mad and stuff like that, but when they do that, my friends do that shit, I, I try to make sure that my first thought isn't, like, I'm gonna beat the fucking shit out of them, you know? I try to make sure, like, why am I mad at them? Uh, oh, yeah, because... Like, you don't like the way you feel when someone does that to you, you know? It's it's just a better way. I think it's just more like mental health, you know? A better way to process your emotions. So, in my mind, using, you know, like, anger, using violence as an excuse to, like, process a feeling is just, just not mentally good for me. Now, sometimes there's, like, guy stuff, you know? Like, sometimes your friend gets too cocky. I've gotten too cocky, and then sometimes they just need, like, a punch to the face, a slap to the face, just some sort of just, like, hit to them just to humble them, which I think is fine. But overall, though, I just, you know, in my mind, though, just what I think is that if someone, if you're angry and you want to process that emotion, you shouldn't process it with anger and violence. Not anger. You shouldn't process, process that feeling with violence. That's my thoughts on it. Other people have different thoughts, you know. You know, and I think spanking for the most. If someone's like, "Yeah, we spank our kids," I'm not gonna be like, "You're a monster." But then I've seen like, "Yeah, our kid got a, you know, our kid got a B minus in class, so now they have a black eye coming to school." I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, you know. Um, overall, though, I do think it's. You know, I think it's important, even if you do believe spanking is good. I do think it's good to know that, like, hey, children are learning. They're trying to learn how to process emotions, and an anger emotion shouldn't be processed with violence. That's just me. All right, last question. What's the most desperate thing you've done to get laid? Um, so the story comes up with, and you know, I talk a lot of shit about Josh Casey, author of Track and Desire, A Journey After Swallowtail Kites. Uh, but I do, I did appreciate him as you know, he is still a spiritual mentor to me and, uh, I, I do appreciate him. And the one story that always humbles me and makes me appreciate Josh Casey, author of Tracking Desire, A Journey After Swallowtail Kites, is the fact that to get laid, I went to a college, uh, ministry type thing. It's called Navigators. And you might have a Navigators wherever you live, and they're, they, I bet they're good. I bet they're great, you know, like you tell me. But uh, this one just sucked fucking ass. Like, they had a chick play guitar, and I was, like, already, you know, I was the church I was at, I was already, like, I was the lead worship pastor, but I was doing worship stuff on the one they had theirs off Sundays, you know? And so, like, and I, I, I expect quality when I play. That's why I've yelled at, I've yelled at, I yelled at a lot of people playing <laughs> of those groups. But I went to that. It was that, and then the sermon was like that. You would give a like third grader, or like you know, when you preached to little kids or whatever. And then 
And then the chick just ditched me, you know? And I'm like, I'm so mad. I was so fucking mad about that night. Uh, anyways, though, that's the most desperate thing I ever did to get laid. And that's how we can end today's episode of Cancel Shrewithy. Thank you for listening to the Lord's Trademark Fair podcast. My new song, Dry Spell, out now. You're going to listen to it very soon. So make sure you go check that out. Streaming wherever you stream your music at. Uh, follow me on social media at the Shweezy, uh, Patreon. We have Cash App. We have PayPal. Those are great ways to financially support us and say thank you for being a friend. Uh, and don't forget the free shit you can do. Go to YouTube, subscribe, leave us a comment. Um, share with your friends. Obviously, those are the easiest ways you can do. If you're listening to an audio platform right now, you're driving, you're listening to me, uh, get your hands on your phone while you're driving and leave me a review or give me a 543 one star rating. So, Hongi Villa Butt Drugs, stay awesome. I've been going through a dry spell, not spending my time well, I overthink. I want to go back to better nights, kissing girls who look nice under the sheets. I got no motivation. I've been self-medicating. I don't know how to get better. Guess it's now.
Thank you for tuning in to Cancel Shweezy, the Lord's trademark favorite podcast, and joining me on this incredible journey. I hope you've enjoyed the valuable insights and engaging discussion I brought to your ears. To ensure you never miss an episode, hit that subscribe button now. By subscribing, you'll receive automatic updates whenever we release new content, keeping you in the loop with the latest episodes and topics. Subscribing not only guarantees that you'll never miss a beat, but also helps support our show. Your subscription plays a crucial role in helping us continue to bring you high-quality content and maintain our podcast growth. So whether you're listening on your favorite podcast platform or watching our YouTube channel, take a moment to click that subscribe button. Join our community of passionate listeners and be part of the journey. Personally, I appreciate your support, and together, we can make this podcast even better. So don't wait any longer. Hit that subscribe button now and stay connected with us. Thank you for being part of our podcast family.